Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks YouTube Monday live stream at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. My name is Aaron, your host, normally joined by Nate, but Nate is making some food at a camp for kids right now, and I heard he almost cut his finger off already. So, <laughs> Nate, uh, not off to a good start at camp. But we have Dave here from Dave's Cards. I don't think that Dave himself made it into our Wisconsin Dells video, but I know you all saw his Spider-Man PMG because that was in the video. So, Dave, was the, you still own it, right? Yep. Yep. Still got it. In fact, I, I raised the price on it uh, this last week to something ungodly just because of the uh, the golden auctions on on Spider-Man's and Marvel PMGs are starting to get a lot of a lot of talk. I, I saw that the uh, all time Marvel sale happened, right? The green one, the green yep, PMG. The green one. Yeah, I think after Briar's premium was like thirty eight thousand or something like that. What's that one numbered of? That one's out of ten. And the fun fact on that one is. That's the only Spider-Man PSA 10. Um, it was a VGS 9 that sold, but the dude didn't like the PSA case because it slid around a little bit. He cracked it and got a VGS 9. So there are no there are no 10s for the PMGs, even though the pop wow. shows one. That's crazy. So you knew it was like the same serial numbering then? Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. The, wow. dude, the dude that sold it even has it on his Instagram. This was a 10. I cracked it out. I got a BGS 9. <laughs> so your PSA 9 is looking pretty good right now then is what you're saying. I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. I also like the red way more too. Oh yeah. That red yeah. on red. It's awesome. You got Venom coming out. You got Spider-Man <laughs> coming out at the end of the year. It's, it's a good year for Spider-Man. Yeah. It's good stuff. No question about it. But uh, today... We are not going to sit here and talk about PMGs the whole day, although I wouldn't mind it. But we will be talking about expectations for when PSA returns on July 1st. Um, we will dig into that. We will dig into some other topics as well today. So as always, as we talk about these topics, throw in your thoughts in the comments. Welcome, everyone. I see a couple of you all in here already. I appreciate you all joining. And as you can see, that is Nate with Dave Cards' logo on it. Um, make sure to follow him on Instagram at davescards 32 Dave's cards, right? Not Dave cards 32. Dave's cards. Right, Dave's cards. Yep. All right. Dave's cards 32. So to start it off, this was a post we put up on Instagram over the weekend. And it's you know, taking perspective on how the industry has changed so much over the last year and a half, because we've had a lot of discussions about PSA grading. And for the longest time, your base rookie PSA 10 of an emerging young player, there's no way you're getting that for under $50. You know, it, all of them, if they're baseball, they're like 50 plus. If they're basketball, they're like 200 plus, 150 plus dollars. But now we're getting into this point now to where pops are adjusting as more people get their submissions back from PSA. Mm -hmm. And these prices are going down on the base cards, uh, PSA graded. Now, there's a fun thought here that we can finally return to having budget investing an option. Because in the past, if you want to buy in a budget, you generally had to buy a non-graded base card and hope to send a PSA and wait a year to then turn it into like a $70 card. At this point now, we can maybe see cards actually available for cheap. Every card in the image you all see right now, the Simmons, Kyle Lewis, Jackson, Camresh, and Bo Bichette are all under $25 currently on eBay. That's what the last auctions were selling for at the time of the post on Saturday. So Dave, the question is, is do we actually see a way that we can welcome in more buyers in the industry now with this dip that can buy slabs for 10 to $25, you know, hoping that with their budget, they can go from 10 to 25 to, you know, 30 to 35, 45, somewhere in that range, because gains were not five X forever in the industry. And people got this expectation in their mind that that happens, but now we need to kind of pull it back a bit. Yeah, and most definitely. And what this reminds me of, this reminds me a lot of when I first got back into cards late 2017, early 2018, 
where when you graded a card, it was if you got a nine, it was basically the the raw cost plus your grading fees. So like there was no premium on on nines. And you know, while everybody back then still wanted a 10, um, it it was great for collecting, it was great for starting, it was great for learning, it was a cheap way to learn. Hey, I got this $20 nine. Why did that get a, get a nine? I thought it was a 10. So I think there, it allows people to build knowledge. Um, and then it also lets you um, kind of buy and sell and, and ride hot waves because, you know, looking at the screen, right? Let, let's say Kyle Lewis starts going off. I know Nate loves Kyle Lewis um, and has a, a, a nice stretch where he hits five home runs in, in a week or, or 10 days. Um, that's very quickly going to go from, 20 to 40. And if you sell it on Instagram where you don't have to deal with eBay fees and stuff, you doubled your money and you can take that and put it into to something else. Yeah. And I, I actually think that that like, I know that a lot of people are potentially getting hurt by buying some of these slabs too high and prices going down. And for those of you in here, if you are those people that bought base PSA tens, base PSA nines at way higher price than they are today, I just want to assure you that's not the end of the world. I know sometimes it does affect you like more than it might affect the next guy who's buying cards. But if that's the case, um, make sure to take this as a learning lesson that like everything you do in the sports car industry, every mistake you make, you can build on top of it and get better and go forward. I don't want people to leave the industry because they might have gotten caught up in a in a you know a hot stretch for Boba Shet when everyone's buying base PSA tens for seventy five eighty dollars. And now, you know, they're down to, I don't know how much there is tens, but maybe like 40, 45. Right. Yeah. And I think that this provides more people the opportunity to buy cards, because when you start to talk about the most basic version of a card that people actually like to see, like how many people want to go buy a, you know, base BSA 10 Bowman's best of Boba Shet. Like, you know, not a lot of people want to do that, but people want a series series one, right? Like to give the people the ability to buy that for $25 or under in a PSA case, I think it's wonderful. I think it prompts more kids again in the industry. I think it prompts more um, lower level collectors again in the industry who might have like been so discouraged by like the most basic of cool things is worth like $100 or more. Um, so that's good to see, I think. And, and I'm a fan of that. Now, there's another talking point that comes out of this, and it is the inevitable what do we do with our non-graded base cards now? Because like once you start to see these slab prices are $25 and under on all these cards on the screen, there's zero path to grading a Kyle Lewis base card of PSA ever again. In my right. mind, there's no path. And that goes for every card on the screen plus a million other cards now that people used to be sending in. And at the same point, it really affects the people that sent in these cards in September, October, expecting to have them back right away. Then now we're going to get submissions back that are worth like, you know, 80% less of the value than what they're expecting. So I think the next discussion, it transitions us into talking about what the heck does PSA look like going forward? Is there ever a path to buy non-graded that's, you know, $5 and under to grade? And Dave, just give me your thoughts, like initial thoughts on, on the return of the tiered submissions. What's going to come back first? What's going to matter the most to collectors of PSA grading? Yeah, so if you've if you've been watching the turnaround times and if, if folks have submissions in with PSA, you can see they're they're starting to churn through stuff. And so all these people that they've been training, um, they've kind of come out of that inefficiencies of training, which takes a long time, especially to get people proficient. And now they're starting to see some of the the benefits of it. I've gotten a couple subs back um, over the course of the last month or so, and they've ranged from you know being checked in in August to now I got one coming back that was checked in, in in late October. So they're making progress. Um, they're not going to open up everything July 1st. Uh, that, that'd be really silly. Um, 
I think you probably see Express coming back July 1st, right? That's that next tier of, of money makers other than their Super Express. Um, I think after the national is when you start to see regular. And then you probably have economy coming sometime October, November timeframe. And I, I was kind of doing some math and prep for this. And I figure right now they're about seven months behind on bulk orders. And I think once they get to about three or four months of backlog on bulk, then they'll open up um, economy. And then when they, when they feel like they're about one to two months away from being caught up on bulk, um, then they'll open up that value or, the, or that bulk back up. And that, that, in my estimation, probably won't be till January or February of, of next year. Got you. Got you. So it's going to be a process. For those yep. that are wondering, when's it going to be possible to grade at a cheaper level with PSA? Um, Jem Inker, I'll point out earlier in the stream, I thought PSA is reintroducing pricing in a tiered approach. So next month we'll open, only open one option, though, $150 processing. Uh, that would be the Express that Dave just called out. So yes, Jem Inker on the exact same page with what Dave just said. And I know what Rob agreed with as well, is that we, you know, July 1, we would foresee that $150 grading comes back. And to be honest, like, how many more cards does that open up to be available to grade than the 300 level? Like in my opinion, like at least with what I was doing, I sent in two express submissions or super express submissions at $300 during this, you know, suspension of grading. And generally I had to guarantee myself I'd get a 10 on like a $300 soccer card to send it in. <laughs> and if it was like 500 plus, I'd take the risk that I might get a nine. Cause I think it'd be worth it to add some value via a nine and then also have the chance at a 10. Um, I, I'd be hard pressed to believe that it'd open up like a whole lot more cards to be submitted at $150. Like, yes, it gives you the ability to maybe send in then, you know, $200 cards and stuff like that, which couldn't could work out if you're very confident and everything. But I'd be, I'm interested to see what like opening up $150 grading would do to the current turnaround times. Because I will tell you this, my, my first super express submission, it took two weeks from the time I sent it out to the time I got it back. My second one took four or five days. Like, Wow. Very fast. Now I did pay for next day shipping, like I think both times. So like very quick shipping, but went from the time it got to PSA and checked in, it was like less than 24 hours. And then it was three days of great ends already being shipped back to me. So like they are very fast at super express right now. Like they figured out the process. And I will say this, Dave mentioned earlier about new graders going through training, kind of getting the training wheels off and hitting the ground running. Now you see a bunch of cards coming back. I know Dave has a lot of thoughts on this. But I was very surprised my last Super Express submission. There were three cards that got eights that two opinions, myself and someone else, thought it was a 10. So I could not believe that they were eights. I'm like, nines, okay, fine. Someone has, you know, thinks something differently or they see one small thing or they just want to, whatever, give it a nine, whatever. But eights, like, there's no way that me and someone else say that card's a 10. And then again, eight back. And Dave, what's your thoughts on the whole new person grading thing? you know, trying to control the pop reports, trying to make grades lower for certain cards versus other cards, like any thoughts, just let it rip. Yeah. So I, I could go for an hour on this, but I'll try to keep it short. Okay. Um, especially with somebody that, that has an operations and manufacturing background that has done massive scale up of, of training um, in the past. Um, I, I don't think they're grading tougher. Nat Turner has said in interviews, they're not grading tougher. I think it's three things. One, um, and the first reason why they're not grading tougher is Grading is subjective. There's, they don't have anything um, that they release that's, hey, this is what we measure for corners, or this is how big of a surface scratch that you can have. So to just go in and tell somebody, hey, grade tougher, well, what does that mean? How do you measure that? How do you measure success against that? Mm -hmm. um, this, the, the second thing with, with grading tougher is, you know, trainees are now on their own. 
Um, you and you probably have folks just like if anybody starts a new job, you kind of want to go out there and prove yourself, right? Like if you're the new person and you're giving out all tens, all tens, um, you know, you're you're probably gonna have some conversations of, all right, is this person really ready? And so a lot of times people swing the pendulum and go the other way and go super conservative until they get more comfortable and get more confident. And then they kind of find that that middle ground. Um, and when you have this consistent um, experience graders coming and you have orders, like I've had orders where it's really good gem rates. I've seen other orders, really good gem rates. And then the one variable you change is the number of, of new trainees that you have grading. And then you start to see all this variability um, that's coming back from, from orders. Um, I think that's really what it is, is the new trainees. Yeah, um, so it's, it's not necessarily a standard switch, like, you know, big email blast to all graders, like, hey, great tougher. It's more just like the nature of the beast, bringing in new people, less experience. Now, the next question would be, who are they putting on what orders? Because I want to know why would you put a new trainee on a $300 order with, you know, eight or 10 cards, whatever that equals $3,000. Like that's right. the confusing part, I think. Right. And when I say new trainee, like I think of it more of like somebody that's newly certified to, to the process, you know, right. Um, I'm assuming their, their grading process or their training process takes probably three to four months. Like I'm sure they spend weeks on, Hey, grade these corners. Tell me what you think. All right, we're aligned on that. Okay, now look at the surface. Look at the IPO. And it takes three to four months for them to get to that point where, you know, the trainee's doing a card, handing it off to their trainer, and they're on the same page. And then after that, there's probably about three months of confidence building where they're on their own doing it. And in, in my experience in manufacturing, training a new person to a process, it really takes them about six months to really know a process inside and out and be really comfortable and confident in, in speaking to it. Um, and so you probably have folks that, you know, just got certified in the process and are going through some of these these orders with thousand dollar, you know, raw cards and maybe a little nervous um, or, or maybe they're they're still kind of learning. But um, again, with as fast as they've scaled up, sometimes you, you you can't wait. You can't wait for six months. You either have to let them go and try it or you got to cut bait and start over with um, with finding someone new. Sure. So let me ask you this. Would the recent, you know things happening and new people getting in the grading, would it deter you from sending off a super express or express submission when it comes back? Would it make you like question like, Hey, do I really want to do this? Or would you just be like, I got to have confidence in my cards and what I think they are. And if they don't pan out, they don't pan out. You know, I did what I could type of deal. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think it depends on what the card is and what do you have into it? You know, if this is a, a card that you bought for, let's say a hundred bucks and you kind of set it on the shelf um, had it in a box and, you know, I'll get to grading it later. And now that that raw card's gone from 100 to 500 in, in just raw value. And now you're looking at, all right, what is that $300 on top? And what's a nine go for versus a 10? And by the way, like football season's coming around. Let's say this is some Joe Burrow prism, you know, to disco blue to 79. I think I got that on my shelf over there. <laughs> and I'm having the same debate on. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, that's different than, Hey, I bought this card for 500, a PSA 10 sells for 900 and I'm going to roll the dice and hope that I can make a hundred bucks. Um, right. so it, it, it depends on what it is and the timing of the year. That's, that's a good point. Cause it, you can stomach more risk with something, you know, but also keep in mind, 
at least myself, I've been trying to utilize it at least a little bit in like a short-term aspect. Like I buy this card for 500. Mm-hmm. I know if I put 300 more dollars into them for 800, nine value, PSA 10 value, whatever. And, you know, provides at least some sort of short-term opportunity, although a risky opportunity at that, you know, cause I grade my Holland, it gets a eight and I'm just down four or $500 in about five seconds. So like, Definitely provides more risk, but I, I do I do like those comments as well. Um, you can always crack and resub. What do you say? You can always crack and resub. Yeah, I can, but I already sold it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want. I wasn't patient enough. And like the funny thing is, is if it wasn't three hundred dollar grading, I definitely would. Even if it's like one hundred and fifty, just to like see, you know, just experiment and see what happens. I'll contact the guy that bought for me and probably be like, hey, you ever grade it? What it get? And it's going to get a 10. I'm be like, yeah, <laughs> some, some dude that just got trained and got that card. Um, I do want to kick it back really quick to this budget thing because, you know, you, you said that you foresee next year, early quarter one, 2022, with an ability to grade lower than $50, you know, through them. Is there even going to be a path in the next eight months that's not through PSA to grade any card like the one on the screen? Or is it at the point where you have to switch your game plan massively? Because like think about SGC was like $30, $35 maybe to grade through them right now or maybe a little bit less if you go through a group subber. Um, Unless you're getting a 10, you're probably going to take a loss on that, right? Like, And a a 10 would be small margins too on a card like this. Yeah, those are ones that you're probably either better off holding and just waiting, see how the player develops, um, or see what what the market does, um, or you know find find an alternative route for that. You don't need to grade everything. And one of the things that I do with my card business, because it is a business for for me, I have my personal collection on the side, is I have a plan for every card. So like if I have a ten dollar raw card or less. It goes to a dude that does consignment for me and I just send it off to him. He runs his Twitter sales on it and we, we split profits. Um, and that's what I do with all my lower end cards. Otherwise they just sit around and then I have this dilemma of, do I grade them? Do I not? Do I wait? And then my wife gets mad because I got tens of thousands of cards taking up the, all the space in the house. Right. Right. I got you. I got you. All right. Uh, Toa really quick. Slap Sox pro live now. And it's free. That is true. If you were on the pre-registration list, we did send out emails to everyone on the pre-registration list this weekend to access Slabstocks Pro, create your account. If you were not pre-registered yet for Slabstocks Pro, meaning you didn't get the link to access it, go to slabstocks.com, click the Slabstocks Pro tab, scroll down, put in your email. We will be sending out another wave of invites uh, this week at some point. So you will be able to get access yourself. Otherwise, we will be going fully live to the public. Anyone can get to the website, all that stuff. Um, in the next few a uh, couple weeks, we hope so. But it is live right now. I mean, you can use it if you just take the couple seconds to go pre-register on slabstocks.com. I say pre-register, but at this point, it's like register to get the link to sign to sign up. So, um, everyone, go do that if you have not already. Uh, it is pretty awesome. There are a few caveats um, right now that we're working through. You know, like going live to our pre-registration list gives us the opportunity to work through some of these you know, pre-launch things like there are a couple data gaps on some slabs here and there, but uh, we're, we're actively working on that as you all get to enjoy the site for free as well. All right, jumping to a new topic here. So that's enough hammering on what's going on with PSA. Um, we are going to talk about uh, briefly a, a few skill position players in the NFL that Dave wants to talk about. And I'm not a huge football guy myself. But a lot of people know, like I like football. I watch football, but I'm not a real huge football card buyer other than my Jonathan Taylors. I mean, how can I not? But, uh, 
Dave, talk to me about what's going on with the with the positional players going into the season this year. Are we going to see the same thing like last year where people go gonzo and buy up Michael Thomas to the moon, or are we going to see a little bit you know lower, or do you have to make smarter plays? Is that the answer here? Yeah, so I think you're you're going to see something, but it's not going to be the craziness of last year where every wide receiver that was a top 10 receiver took a step up, and every running back that was a top 10 takes a step up. I think it's going to be very specific. And one of the guys like Derrick Henry on the screen, I think he's been one of those guys. The reason being, um, and you can kind of see it on the graph, that's probably aligns with when the Julio Jones trade happened. Uh, yep. Derrick Henry, league-leading rusher, rushed for over, what, 2,000 yards last year. He now has um, one of one healthy, uh, a, a top-five receiver on the outside to pull and stretch that defense. And he also has a 17th game this year. And – I think you could you'll probably see a lot of bets in Vegas on Derrick Henry breaking the all-time single season rushing record this year uh, because of that Julio Jones edition and um, that 17th game where he can put up another 200 yards if uh, if they feed him the rock and he's close. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that sale that hit that all-time high there on that P PSA 9 silver that was right after the trade, I'd very much so assume that this is going to drop a bit over the next month or two. Um, that was a huge hike within like a week um, that that took. And, and I'd imagine that there might even be an auction closing lower, some buy and outs lower at this point. But that was the all-time sale that occurred for that PSA 9. This was from Slabstacks Pro and is $294, which PSA 10s used to be probably like 10 bucks for the card two years ago, which is right. so funny to think about. Um, and I bring this up because I know Dave's got some other players to talk about. But I want to interject my own thoughts here and say, this happened way too quickly last year. Okay. Michael Thomas, PSA 10, rookie base, jumped all the way over like 800 bucks or something. Like right when Deshaun Watson wasn't even $800. And I was like, what is going on? This car is literally $5.50, you know, middle of summer, 2019, 2018, whatever. And now it's over 800. Like that spike is one of the most ridiculous spikes I've seen in the card market. And there's been a lot of big spikes. Um, I say that because. I foresee this summer being different than last summer. I know a lot of people probably looked at last summer and try to like do like the, you know, happens once happens again type mm -hmm. of thing. I can't foresee these positional players exploding like last summer. I don't want, I, I guess this is more of like a personal awareness thing for myself and you don't have to, you know, I guess listen to what I have to say, or this is my opinion. So don't think that I'm right or anything. I might not be, but I just don't want people to take advice from me, meaning spending money on a player like Michael Thomas, expecting to go back to 800. Now, who knows? Maybe it gets a little bump. I know Michael Thomas had a bad season last year. He was hurt and stuff. But talk to me about what you think with guys like C.D. Lamb that you want to talk about mm -hmm. going into the season. What's the foreseeable path for guys like that and buying now? And what can you expect? And maybe don't get their expectations too high because I don't want people to think yeah. that you're going to see that again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so first off, August 2020. Everything did that, right? Just right. shoot straight to the moon uh, type of thing. And then came back down to reality. And as we know, October last year wasn't great for, for sports cards. Um, Michael Thomas also last year was coming off um, being the best receiver in the league. Uh, last year, couldn't stay healthy. Uh, Drew Brees is no longer in the league. So I don't expect Michael Thomas to do that same thing. Yeah. Um, one guy that I've been excited about in the offseason um, and full disclosure, I do have some of his cards, PSA 9 Silvers, um, is, is C.D. Lamb. And that's because if you look at the first six games that he had with Dak Prescott, those dudes went off. Go look at the numbers. They're insane. And then Dak got hurt. Things fell off. 
Um, I think you could see if Dak stays healthy, if something very similar, or as people start getting ready for fantasy football, they start talking about CD's first six games with Dak, CD's first six game with Dak. And then that hype builds in July and August when people are doing their drafts, they're going to get the cards because it's like, I got this to do my fantasy team. I want his rookie card. Um, and, and you could see some spikes of, of a dude like that or some other young receivers in big markets. Um, but again, every year it happens. There's a, a buildup to the season starting. There's a sell-off. And unless dudes are putting up Hall of Fame numbers on the way to set a single season record or an undefeated season, there is a lot of volatility with position players. And yeah. um, there's a lot of risk with holding them through the season. Yep, and I, I also think that you have to be aware enough to know if you're going to spend money in this. You got to have the plan. Like Dave said, he's got a plan for every card he has. You know, you got to know that if you're going to spend money in this area. And it's the same thing with baseball. It's the same thing with basketball. Same thing with soccer. I don't mean to say like, oh, everything else is bulletproof to this. It's not. Um, you just have to be aware about what you're buying and what the trends are, the seasonal trends, this and that. Um, just know that going into it. You know, I'm not here to tell you to don't buy positional players because I've got a fair amount of Jonathan Taylor that I'd say I, I bought not only for my collection, but as right. I think that they will be worth more in the future. Um, absolute stud. So I think you just got to play the game of positional players right and don't buy at the peak of Michael Thomas. Buy it before it or after when he's hurt and people aren't spending money on him anymore. I think that's it also depends on if you're buying someone to collect them or if you're buying someone to invest because those are two very different things and you need to take two very different approaches to them. Otherwise you're gonna end up in a bad in a bad spot. Um, and I think a lot of times people uh, can't separate that for themselves or they jump back, you know, one yeah. way or the other too much. Um, and uh, so you, you kind of got to self-reflect before you start buying some of these guys and go, if this goes down to nothing, am I still gonna be happy with the card? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ryan says, Hey, we missed you. You're in a Philly card show on next year. Slab Sox needs to make it out. Is it once a year? Also, I did not know what that show was like that big. Like I, well, I barely heard about it. And then this weekend I just saw everyone was at the Philly card show and I was not there. <laughs> um, but Ryan, uh, let me know some details and maybe, um, and then magic said, I just realized this is Dave from the breaks on Tuesdays. What's up, man? Yeah. Dave in the house. Uh, and for those wondering, where's Nate's? Uh, Nate is currently making some food for some kids at a camp uh, in northern Minnesota. So he is uh, going to be around this week doing work, but he didn't make today's live stream because he's cooking dinner right now, I believe. So uh, also almost severed his finger off his hand. So good start to the week for Nate. He must be a good cook. <laughs> he actually is a good cook. I will not lie. He, he, he does go hard. All right. Let's see what we got next. So many of you know that the national is coming this summer if you do not know that the national is coming this summer now you know because it is the biggest card show in the world i've been four or so times to cleveland to chicago i've never went to baltimore i never went to atlantic city because it was canceled last year but it will be in chicago july 28th august 1st i implore all of you to find a way to get here however you can um, i know that some for some of you traveling uh, and all the expenses and hotels and stuff just isn't feasible um, but I do wish you were there. And for some of you, this might be very feasible because you might live in the Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois region, um, you know, Midwest that can make this thing very possible. And we are going to have a few discussion points on this. First off, uh, get ready for much more information on the national from Slab Stocks in the very near future. We are planning some pretty big things. 
Um, we will have a booth there, booth 695. We'll have it all five days. We had a booth two years ago. There is an absolute blast. I hope to see you all there. And we also are planning a very big night on Friday night. Ryan Card Collector 2's trade night is on Thursday night. I talked to him, made sure we weren't going to be on the same night. I put ours on Friday night. It'll be a Slab Stocks night. But more importantly, it'll be a Slab Stocks charity night. And we have a lot of information coming out on that. I really hope to see you there. I really hope to get some hands from all of you and blowing up this event and really put it on uh, for the kids because it will benefit a kid's charity, which is going to be amazing. So stay tuned for more information on that. I will have that uh, in the following week or weeks. And I'm very excited about that. But we will transition this topic into Dave. So many people say, why always Chicago? Why always Cleveland? Which it won't be Cleveland anymore because that IX Convention Center shut down with COVID. And in my mind, why in the world are you putting Atlantic City? No one wants to go there. Um, where where the heck can we hope that the national will go other than Chicago? For me, I don't care because I love it in Chicago because it's an hour or so away from me. But um, for other people out there, where where is even feasible? Man, so personal bias because those that follow my channel on Instagram know I'm a Minnesota guy. I would love to see it in, in Minneapolis. You've got a huge convention center. You've got tons of hotels that we've hosted a Super Bowl. Amazing food in in Minneapolis. Um, I would love to see it end up there in the future. Uh, and it's only like half hour drive. So that's my own personal bias. But um, I think having something in the center of the country is great. Uh, it makes it easier for folks to drive. No one's driving cross country. Um, and uh, it also is one of those things where you, you don't really have to worry too much about the the weather. Um, sometimes that can be a factor on, on the coast. You know, you get some hurricanes coming through, things like that. Um, I think a lot of people would love to say they would love to see Vegas. Vegas, I think, probably has the same issue that Atlantic City does, um, where it's probably a great show to go buy stuff at because everyone's going to spend their money gambling and um, trying to sell their stuff at the table to um, recoup their costs. Uh, not a great show for you as an individual to go sell at because probably won't be a lot of people buying. But um, I saw in the comments, uh, someone said Denver. I love Denver. Denver's great. Major sports market. Great craft beer. Beautiful scenery. Tons of great food. Um, I don't know. The only downside to Denver, it's a long ways from the airport to downtown Denver. Um, and uh, that's that can be a hindrance. You want an easy in, easy out. Uh, but they do have a light rail. That definitely matters because I even know like when the Wisconsin Dell show was going on, people who were traveling from out of state were like, oh, you're telling me that the Dell show is an hour and a half away from the airport. You know, like how am I supposed to get there if I can't if I don't rent a car, you know, shuttle this and that. And it makes sense, you know, trying to find a place that has an airport right by. I think a lot of people over the past few years has been like, why the heck is there never a national on the West Coast? Dave, why is there never a national on the West Coast? Los Angeles, I know you said Vegas, um, Arizona any place like that. Why? So I think the prior to two years ago, the biggest national ever was in Anaheim. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the um, late nineties, early two thousands, Anaheim hosting was the biggest national ever until a couple of years ago in Chicago. Pretty, pretty sure you're right about that. Yeah. So there's, there's history there. Uh, I think the problem with uh, California and, and the West coast is it's so expensive. And if you're, if, if you're a venue and you have the choice of I can host a sports card show or I can go host a, I don't know, Ariana Grande concert um, that I know is going to sell it with 60,000 people in the arena or whatever, like they're probably going to lean towards the artist um, because it brings, it's going to generate more money uh, for the, the venue. 
And that just that cost, I think, is a little bit tougher at times, yeah. especially in the summer. I agree with that. And then Ziggy here, Ziggy said, it's Chicago on AC for the next few years. Contracts are signed. And definitely true. This is more of a in the future thing. So like it is Chicago. Now it'll be Atlantic City the year after. Unfortunately, I didn't want to go there this past year. So that's kind of, <laughs> I, was, you know, I wasn't happy. There wasn't a national, but especially when they moved it to December, thinking about having to drive from Wisconsin to Atlantic City through whatever snow or winter conditions are, that sounded terrible. So kind of mm-hmm. glad that didn't happen. Um but I wouldn't really, you know, I wouldn't mind trying to go somewhere else other than Chicago. But Cleveland, I liked Cleveland. Dave, you've been to Cleveland, right? Like, I thought it was a yeah. great convention center, like, kind of secluded. You get to go down the city if you want to. And it just, I liked that a lot. Yeah, that was my first national. And I remember walking in being like, oh, my gosh, it's like stimulus overload. But, yeah, yeah. it was good. And it wasn't too bad of a cab ride back down to downtown Cleveland where I was staying and stuff. So, yeah, it, it wasn't a bad, bad spot. Yep, yep, I agree with that. Um, just got something here from DJ Bowen. I know someone asked earlier about SGC. I just got a bunch of uh back a bunch of super express that were for sure nines and tens and came back eights, even had duplicates of the eights that was in better shape than Kim coming back as a six. Thoughts on just sending to SGC now? Well, to me, it's like, well, you can maybe rationalize to yourself, like, oh, I'm gonna go to a place I, I know, or at least I think I might be able to get the grades I'm expecting. Keep in mind. That won't help when you go to sell if you're not getting the value out of your cards you want. Now, I know that PSA 8s aren't going to get you the values you want either. But even if, at least you have that chance to get that 9 or 10 that will get you the value that you want. Um, You know, I know I've been pretty vocally against SGC for a long time. And I will say it does at least provide an option for people to grade right now that isn't $300. So that's a positive. And have heard that their turnaround times have been lightning quick, which is another positive. I'm not just going to like... You know, not saying there isn't, there's no positives, but you really do need to do your research on any card you send to them because there are definitely times where if you don't get an SGC 10, you will lose money even if you get a 9.5. That is just fact. Um, I can do a bigger price analysis if people want to, but it would take me too long. And um, I think that a lot of you can do that research for yourself based on your given cards. If you can't make money on a 9.5, then great, that's even better, right? So I would just say, that, um, you know, be careful is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think DJ, some of that depends on what is your long, what's your plan with that card? If you're looking for something that's a quick flip, that's going to be different than, well, I kind of want this for a couple of years out. Maybe I'm planning for the world cup next year or the, the next round of euros or something since, you know, if it's soccer related and maybe you crack it, wait for a bulk and you're okay with waiting for two years. Um, or if it's something you want to capitalize on this fall or get ready for basketball season next year, then maybe you crack them and wait for BGS to open back up. And that's your um, your, your other option if you are no longer happy with, with PSA. Um, and Tyler's right. You know, there is not much competition in the grading industry right now. Like, yes, there are places that are popping up and doing well, you know, for themselves as companies. But in terms of like the actual, like, you know, market values, there just isn't much competition. Mm-hmm. And especially with BGS suspending their services, which I wasn't really a huge fan of BGS recently either for just their lack of innovation over the last 10 years now. Um, that that as well, you know, hurts not having the big number two that people used to think that there was. And, you know, is still big number two when it comes to high-end cards. Like, you're going to find way more high-end cards in BGS Labs and SGC or others. And even more high-end cards from 2015 and previous in BGS Labs and PSA Labs. There's so many people out there who like to say the old... 
oh, well, all the LeBron exquisites are BGS, this and that. You know, well, that's because BGS was the biggest thing ever from 2016 or 17 and prior, or even 2018. Some, you know, 2018 is really when the switch started to happen. So, like, not a huge valid, like, BGS should be better because of this. It's just like that was what it was. Just like now, how you're going to find more, you know, Prism Blues on 199. Maybe Luca's with greater with PSA than with BGS and the pop counts in the base room. You way higher with PSA than BGS, all that stuff. It um all kind of switches with with the how the market's trending and whatnot. And uh for uh Bodie here, would you sell a Luca prison based PSA 10 and buy a select premier level PSA 10 for the lower pop count? Well, I do like the thought of that. Um, uh, I would suggest selling the prison based PSA 10, going and buying the best numbered PSA 9 Luca you can. Um at a certain point for me, it's like I would just rather have a lower grade with a card I know has a set print run. You know, like I, I'm at that point, and I think that's the only way to because, like, I can guarantee you there's going to be more select premier level PSA, you know, PSA 10s graded and stuff. I can't tell you that there's going to be more Reds of 175 die cuts made ever. Right. Especially and that might be more expensive than a prison base two at this point, but you get the point. Right. Especially since how expensive 2018 wax is. Like, there's only so many more that people are actually going to open and yeah. and send in. I agree. I agree for sure. Uh, New York City wouldn't be a bad place for the national either. I think that the biggest problem in New York City is that it would be so expensive for any family to make the trip, for any individual that's not making enough money to make the trip. Like, gosh, I went to New York City that one time to meet with Gary Vee and Nate and I, the taxis in. Like, geez, that's the most money I've spent on a taxi in my life. Like, 80 bucks on a taxi, $80 on an Uber. I got a bagel and egg and cheese for 20 bucks. Like, you go places and you just can't not spend five times what you would in, in the Midwest or something, you know, like, and that's the only reason why I think it shouldn't be there. Yeah. The coasts are expensive, man. I mean, they, they really are. They're either expensive or unpredictable in yeah. terms of weather and, and whatnot. I totally agree. All right. Tomorrow, Tuesday, 3 PM. Well, actually just came not 3 PM Eastern time. I want to push back the start of tomorrow's breaks to 4 PM Eastern time because of well, maybe 5 p.m. Eastern time. I'll, I'll let you all know on Instagram. But the fact is, is that France and Germany play in the biggest match day one matchup of the Euros uh, or the Euro. It's a huge it's a huge game. And there's no way I'm going to start the breaks when when the match is starting. So that being said, we do have three breaks left on slapsocks.com slash shop. And if you are lucky enough, you will see that tomorrow we will be posting the new 2020-2021 Top Scrum Champions League packs. Let's get some huge rookies. There's a massive loaded rookie checklist, tons of rookies. Um, and I'm pretty excited to start to open that product tomorrow. So we'll do some live sales of that in the stream tomorrow. So I do hope to see you all there. To end off today's stream, we've got, you know, 20 or so minutes. Throw in some questions in the chat. We'll just start ripping them as y'all put them in. I know some have already came in, so just continue that. And uh, we'll see anything about the market. Dave and I can chop it up and we'll see what comes out of it. And also you all too in the chat. Throw in your thoughts because uh, we are curious as to what you have to say too, and it'll help others learn. All right. I have a certified purple PSA 9 of Luca, better than base prism. I'm not going to lie. I know that's what certified is, but I have no idea if purple's numbered or if it's not. I imagine it's not because they didn't say it's numbered. So it's tough because on one hand, there's definitely less certified purples than prison base. I don't even need to know how big the pop is or anything. I just know for a fact that there's less. On the other hand, I don't know many people that covet certified regardless of what the type of card is, unless it's like, you know, a gold mirror or a blue mirror right. of Luca. I'm sure people are buying up the blue mirrors of 199, whatever they're numbered of because of that color match. Dave, like where does the line stop with you with like getting a more rare card to like, you know, give on the brand side of things? So, so again, it depends on what's your plan. What are you doing? Are you collecting or are you investing? 
Like if you're collecting and you want uh, the certified because you like the picture better or whatever, or the color, like, cool, do it. Um, but if you're looking for, from a business standpoint, uh, your, your base prism is going to be more liquid every day. There's going to be more people out there that want the premium products um, and that can afford it than certified. Now you're going to have Luca diehard collectors that you can sell it to the, the certified for sure. Um, but your, your, your pool of eligible buyers is a lot less. So Midwest Ripper has confirmed it is numbered out 49. So yes, I'll definitely take the Luca purple off 49 PSA nine before the prison base. And this is why um, we do a, a weekly live stream on loop, uh, loop the app. Um, it's a breaking app. Go check it out in the app store and Android. Uh, great guys over there. And I, my discussion last week was about moving the needle, as I call it. It takes a lot less to move the needle on a car number out 49 than it does the infinite amount of base prison PSA 10s that are going to get auctioned off on eBay. Because you can point to this Luca, this purple out 49, that someone comes to you and wants to buy it. And the chances of there being a set comp in the last two months is low. I mean, especially on that certain grade. And it takes a lot less to move the needle on a card like that where there's no sales history of people buy what they think is right or pay what they think is right. If they had a recent experience with a Lukaku, Immaculate Gold out of 10 PSA 9, I sold it right before the Euro started. I knew he was going to be amazing. I was going to hold it for the Euro and watch him just ball out of Belgium and he already scored two goals in the first game. But I sold it for 800 and I bought it for 300 a month ago in Dallas. And my whole theory was like, this card's number out of 10. All it takes is one person to walk up and say, I want that bad enough to pay close to my asking price, which was 1000 And I got it and like, you know, I can't complain with that. So, like, to, in my opinion, it's very hard to move the needle on prison-based PSA 10. You need a massive demand wave. You need the player to do legendary things that switches his legacy, which can happen. I'm not saying it won't happen, um, but, like, it takes a lot more. Yeah, I would definitely – knowing that the purple's the 49, I, yeah, I would definitely take that over the base prism. Um, and if you want to keep it long-term, then – use that as a chip and use that as a selling point of, Hey, you may never see another one of these walk up to your table at a show. Um, so take mine and this other thing for that card over there that I want. Yeah, I totally agree. 24 seven sports cards. This will be my first national. What type of money will be in the room? Is this a show where I should bring my high end stuff? 40 K plus. Um, I'd say definitely there's, but was massive cards in Dallas and there'll be, even more people in, at the national, even more high-end cards at the national, which means even more security at the national. So mm -hmm. make sure you all are acting in good faith. The last thing I want to see is something go wrong. Um, but the point is here is that there will definitely be people with huge amounts of money with huge cards that are willing to trade for cards. If they want your card, obviously you can't force someone to trade you for your card. Um, but if there's, you know, if you got the good stuff, you got the good stuff. And I'm definitely going to be not probably not that high, but I'll be, I'll be looking to do some cool trades and whatnot. And I know a lot of other people are too. So this is not the show to say like, Oh, a different show is better. I'll, I'll save it for that show. You, you bring yeah. out the big guns. If you want to play with the big guns, I would bring your high end stuff. If you're looking to trade or trade up, you know, if you have 40,000 plus dollar cards and you've got three, four or five of them, and you want to get one card that can buy you a house, um, bring that to trade up. I would be a little cautious though um, in terms of if your plan is to go sell it yeah. from the standpoint of um, not everybody's going to have 50 K in cash. If they do make sure you bring a pen so that those hundos are real. Um, and then, you know, you, you also have to worry about someone, you know, buying it from you and then calling their credit card company saying fraud charge, right? Not saying that's 
always going to happen, but there's just more risk versus if you bring that card that you want to sell to a consignment house, like PWCC, um, not, I'm not plugging them. I have no relationship with them. Just first one off the top of my head. Uh, but with PWCC or something, um, you know, they're going to vet those buyers and their high end auctions and you know, you're going to get paid. And yeah, I would, I a hundred percent agree with what Dave said. When I said that it was more about the trading aspect. Cause there will be a lot of changing of cards yeah. and trading up, trading down. Like for me, like Recently, I've traded down at my, two of my biggest pieces, my Ronaldo patch auto, my Messi auto. I traded down in both of them because I want to get more flexibility with selling prospects and you know more liquidity, this and that, and whatever the reasons were. Um, but definitely, if you're going the selling route, like I'd be hard-pressed to believe you'll find a big buying pool that are going to either wire you 40K in person or give you cash in person, that type of thing. Like Get ready to trade and maybe not to sell. And like Dave said, I will plug PWCC. I will say go to PWCC to sell them. <laughs> Dave might not, but I will. Um, and that that would be the best option through the vault or the premier auction. Okay, let's see here. Thoughts on Lamella Ball Prism PSA ten? It's the highest prison based rookie in the last few years. A hundred percent a sell. I don't. However you slice it up, he might have the best start of the season ever this past next year, and it might go up in price because there's not enough graded by PSA. But the point is, is inevitably, a lot of these will get graded no matter where it is. It won't matter if it's your SGC, HGA, CSG, BGS, PSA. It doesn't matter. There is probably the most base rookies ever printed in 2020, and it's a sell all day for me. I don't even care who the players. If this was freaking Michael Jordan, I'd say it's a sell for all I care. You know, the base prism, PSA 10, that is. Sell it now because as soon as PSA opens back up on July 1st with a $150 card, people are flooding this in. Because I think yeah. PSA shut down right when Prism released, said yep. we're not doing any, anymore. So there's people that have stacks that are waiting to send them in because they know, all right, even if 10% of them get get 10s, I'm going to make bank on those because the pop is still low. Nines are still going to have a premium to them. And eights may be a break even at the 150 point. Um, so sell them now. Um, hopefully he wins rookie of the year for you and capitalize and move that money into something else or hold it. And in... August, September, when there's not a ton of basketball hype, you know, see if you can get a better um, LaMelo. Yep, I agree. Do you think the, the good investment is going to be the one-of-ones, SSP cards, etc.? Uh, 1,000%. Now, I know that this is like a small percentage of people that can buy these things, especially given the players. But if you have the money, this is what I always like to preface it with this. If you have the money and you're stacking like 50 or 500 base PSA 10s of whatever player it is, please just don't do that and go buy yourself a one-of-one in SSP, uh, number dot 10, a five, whatever it is. Like, There's zero chance that I was about to stack up Mason Mountain slabs of base prism into my ceiling instead of having the one-of-one Papadosh or Sapphire. Um, that would never happen in my life. And I've always, you can go check my page um, You know, back to multiple years ago. I've always been quality over quantity. And I, like I said, I know not everyone can do that. So I don't want to make it seem like that you can't buy cards if you can't buy one of ones or super short prints or blues out of 199, whatever it is. You know, we're always about making sports cards accessible to everyone. This is directed at people who can afford those types of things and can play in that higher end game. Um, do yourself a favor. We've talked about this a lot in the past six months now, actually, or even, you know, four or five months because we did that six month market forecast back when we were forecasting up to the national and I said on there, I said, if you have a bunch of base PSA tens, PSA nines, please be prepared to sell because the flood of submissions is going to be outrageous. So I hope that y'all watched it. If you did, congrats. If you didn't, I'm glad you're here now to hear it. Um, definitely buy cards that people want forever. 
Don't buy cards that people want to flip. And if you're going to color up, right, you're, you're going to sell your $30,000 worth of singles to buy one $30,000 card. You need the patience too. Yes. Because if, if you're putting all your eggs in one basket and that dude has a nagging hamstring injury all year, you may have to wait another year before that, that value peaks. Or there's not a lot of people with 30 grand in cash to go buy cards, right? So you may have to wait for that right buyer to come around um, or yeah. send it to PWCC or something, get more eyes on it. Sure. So there's a lot of different, that's a great point because there is a lot of work that sometimes goes into selling these things. Like it can be very rewarding, but it also can be very tedious. And if you're not willing to like be patient, see things through, then it gets a little bit more challenging. If you want to go and instead of buying, you know, one big 20, 30 K card, you want to buy, you know, 10, 15, whatever the amount of money it is to like kind of get in that thousand to $3,000 range. And so it's a little bit more liquid than that. That could be your play too. Um, yeah. But I guess my biggest point is like, if you have the ability to sell base PSA tens and nines and get into that higher range cards, do it. Like if you make the right call on the right player, it will pan out way better for you. Now keep in mind though, you do lose flexibility because you can't just hold one card of one guy or like you can't be flexible in, in the fact that if you still want to hold the card, you can't, you got to sell it. Then you have nothing of him. So like that happened to me with my LeBron refractor nine five. It's like, Oh, well, I saw him done like by LeBron, you know, type of thing. but like, so just keep in mind that that is a thing too. All right. I have a raw Donner's abuse Christian Pulisic thoughts. Uh, it might be graded. It might not be graded either way. I think what happens here is like, yes, we talk about base PSA 10s, base PSA 9s. And I say, do this, do that. But I think the biggest thing is that you also need to understand production levels and how they change over time. I think right now, a lot of stuff rose really fast and a lot of stuff is getting hit really hard. That just has the word base in it. But I don't think all base cards are the same. I think a lot of people who might be newer, like see the word base and automatically think, Oh, Kevin Durant base, that card stinks, right? Like I'm not saying that the Kevin Durant tops Chrome card is tough to pull. It is a legendary card and it'll be sought after in the future. Um, a 2019 Tyler hero prism base where there's like, you know, hundreds of thousands of them, not as much, you know? So like there's definitely different ranges of base and I like to think that soccer from 2018 and previous is in that range of base cards can be good. There's not like an insane amount of them to the point to where like if someone wants a card of the top brand and they can't go and shell out for the gold sparkle of the Downers debuts, which is an amazing card. But the other thing is, is that the production was so low on these sets that the parallels, there were like none of them for each given set to where the base has to be desirable because people can't always afford the blue Mbappe or the purple Mbappe. They can go buy the top chrome base Mbappe, which I think kind of correlates to the LeBron aspect, like mm -hmm. understanding which sets have low production runs, understanding which sets have high production runs, and making plays accordingly. So, and all that being said, I do like that given card for the fact that there isn't a million of them out there. Yep. And the nice thing is you can wait for economy to open back up when it's 50 bucks a card and get it graded and still have it back uh, before the World Cup next year. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, here's a good one. Long-term and hold as an investment, Kobe or Tom Brady? Mm. So I have a thought on this. You, you go, man. You go. I, I love, so I love Tom Brady. Um, I always have. Um, I had to give up a really big Tom Brady card in a trade down in Texas. I'll share that with you guys some other time. But um, I, I think when you look at Kobe, iconic, um, you know, people say one of the, one of the best ever, uh, but he's unfortunately already passed. He's already in the hall. Um, other than people that are kids that watched him grow up and now have money and say, I want Kobe. 
um, there's not going to be a lot to move his market. It may just be a steady thing over time. Whereas Tom Brady, Tom Brady's going to play. He said he wants to play those mid forties. He's going to keep, he's probably going to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, and he's going to keep adding to his record books. And then he's going to have a hall of fame enshrinement in five years. And then somewhere down the line, he will pass away. And then it's a morbid thing to bring up, but it always happens with every, every major athlete, every superstar, when they do pass, you do see a bump in, in value, um, right or, or wrong. So if a long-term hold, I think you will see bigger jumps in Tom Brady, whereas Kobe will probably do a more um, slight, steady climb. It, it sounds like what Dave's trying to say is that there's more events possible to move the needle. And right. I like to, that's how I like to think of like soccer, like why I was so bullish on it as of two years ago. It's like, dang, there's a lot of events. I don't care if it's a Champions League. I don't care if it's a World Cup, the Euro, the, the, even the World Cup qualifiers, whatever it is. There's just a lot of games being played and a lot of opportunity for players to play well, which is why I'm not as bullish on football because if you aren't the best team that year, if you're not leading a great team as a quarterback – you are toast. Like you've, we've seen it with a lot of these young quarterbacks that people have high expectations with and they don't pan out. You're toast. You know, like that was your shot and it's done until next year. So while football can be great because if they are amazing, it can be amazing. It can also be the other end of the spectrum. Um, there's a couple good ones here really quick. Do you guys only invest in sports thoughts on Star Wars and Marvel cards? Uh, Dave loves Marvel cards. Dave go yeah. for maybe like a minute on Marvel. Ah, uh. So Marvel's great. If you guys go check out my channel, I actually did a um, kind of a podcast style episode on this back in like January about Marvel and the potential it has. But I mean, Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios has everything planned out for the next 10 years. So you know there's gonna be constant content coming out, whether it be TVs or, or movies. You're starting to see more products come out. You have some of the iconic um, insert sets from the 90s, like Precious Metal Gems, Jambalaya's, Things like that that were in 2013 Fleer um, Retro, uh, the 2015 and as well. Um, Star Wars, going back to the events piece, I don't think there's as many Star Wars events. And I think the last trilogy um, kind of ruined Star Wars for a lot of people. And unless you're, unless you're one of those diehard original guys or someone that grew up with, with Star Wars, um, it's going to take a lot for Star Wars to climb back up in the younger generation's good graces that have already had 10 years of successful Marvel. Not to mention, I have not seen that many cool Star Wars sets recently. I've seen a lot of cool Marvel cards recently, and I think that Tops needs to figure it out and put out some really dope Star Wars sets. I don't care if you Sapphire everything. Make a Sapphire Tops Chrome <laughs> Star Wars set. I literally don't care. Like I get a Panini for like, you know, drilling Mosaic into every single opportunity they can, but like I don't care. Make a Star Wars Sapphire set. And I will buy at least one card from that set. And there's an X-Men metal set coming out at some point this year. It was supposed to come out in January. But they, that will be bringing PMGs back. And it'll go back to the original numbering that basketball had where the first 10 were green. Yeah. And then the rest were, were red. So there won't be any blues like you have in some of the other Marvel sets. That's that's sick for sure. Funny that this was asked because Dave actually brought this to me as a message uh, topic for today. Top Chrome Champions League Blasters, thoughts on that. We'll give like 30 seconds each here. Um, big, not a fan. Now, I am a fan for one reason, because it expands the soccer car market. It gets more product in more people's hands. But we all know the difficulties right now with getting product in the people's hands who we want to have it in their hands, or at least collectors that can enjoy it, expand the market, actually care about it, learn through it. You know, that's how I learned everything I knew about football when I was a kid 
was by collecting cards. I knew so many players more than my friends because I had so many football cards. I'm like, I know this guy, this guy, this guy. And then you get into fantasy football. But to me, it really hurts the non-numbered market in Topps Chrome Champions League. There's going to be so many base cards this year. Musiala base are going to be like 10, 15 bucks because there's going to be so many base cards. You know, like that's just what's going to be. It hurts the single market on those cards out of hobby boxes, the base, the refractors, the non-numbered. Um, but I also think that it strengthens the numbered cards in turn two from mm -hmm. hobby. And I think what it actually hurts the worst is guys like Bellingham and Mokoku who've got base cards in both Bundesliga and Champions League. And now there's even more of their Champions League yeah. base, which already had a higher print run. Yeah. So um, I would, if you find those blasters and you pull those rookies, I would sell them and go buy the Bundesliga if they have a Bundesliga rookie because much lower print run. Not right. And honestly, well, I'm a fan of the set for the checklist, and I really like the guys like Musiala and Pedri and these other players that didn't have Bundesliga rookies. Like Bellingham and Makoko are the set. I really don't care at all about from Top Scrum Champions League. I know that Champions League is generally like the more softer set, but we've seen with Erling Holland, the Bundesliga is bigger because that was what came first, lower print run. I look at this Top Scrum Champions League card of Makoko and Bellingham, and I say, how could you pick this photography? And then I look at the Bundesliga set, and I say, is the same guy picking the photography for both sets? Because one looks like great. One looks very clear. One looks very zoomed in. The Champions League sets look like it was shot with like a flip phone, like Motorola, like Razor or something, you know, or like whatever. Like, I don't know what happened there, but I, if you are investing in Bellingham and Makoko, I would say put your money into the Bundesliga set, like Dave said. Um, much better option. Now, keep in mind, though, there are a lot of manufacturing errors with these cards that are now getting produced by Topps. This could be a whole other topic. We could go for forever, <laughs> but I don't know why Topps decided to switch their manufacturing plan for Formula One, Topps Chrome, Champions League, Bundesliga, all this stuff, because like all the color, in some sense, has some type of edge mark. And if you get a 9 or 10, that stuff is going to be extremely high-priced, which could be good, too. Like, there's pros and cons to everything. You get a good card, you have way more value out of it. Right. So, Right. Uh, Ziggy, I want to point this out. Enjoying Slapsox Pro 2. I'm really glad you're on the pre-registration list. Thank you. Any tutorials com Tutorials coming 100%. We'll be doing tutorials in each segment of the website. We'll start to drip those out to the pre-registration list over the next week or so via like an unlisted uh, YouTube video. And then we'll be putting those live in a playlist for when we fully go live. So get ready for that. We will be breaking down the usability of the website and the best way to use it too. So I do appreciate you asking that. Okay, let's see if we got like one more here and then we're going to be at an, a nice hour. Cool. Um, this is a good question. At what point does rarity of a card outweigh the grade? Go ahead, Dave. Um, at the point you decide it does. Because like I said earlier, you need a plan for every card. Is this something that you're collecting? Is this something that you're trying to make money off of? Is this a quick flip? Is this something that you're going to sit and hold for, for three years? Um, so you need to decide that based off of either how your collection is built or how your business is, is built. If you're buying and, and selling. Um, so that's not for, for me to answer. That's for you to answer, um, personally. Yeah, I agree with that to me, you know, like there's, there is no rule of thumb, but I was okay with taking a couple of really nice rare Mbappe rookies that were PSA eights. That's my point is like, I was okay with getting PSA eights in that. Cause I think that the rarity matters a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, you want to do some like rapid fire? Like we just give two word answers to some stuff. Yeah. If you see one, pull, pull it out and say something. Okay. I don't know how to pull it up, but 
Um, oh, there we go. Chronicles footballs are select. Chronicles. Nice select in years. Select in years prior. Chronicles this year. I can't believe how many whack cards they made in select this year. Um, is Star Wars ruined by Disney? Yes. <laughs> oh, that is a big answer. Wow. Um, they are definitely marketing it very high without adding much value, I think, to that new series, which kind of was tough. Uh, answering baseball questions. Um, yes, if you have one, type it in really quick, and we'll try to get to it. I am I not Nate, but but Dave. Oh, here we go. Ellie Rushman. Um, yes, but I believe he's the first baseman. So sell upon call up and don't hold long term. He was, I think, he was a catcher. I don't know if he transitioned. I don't follow close enough, but he was a catcher for. Oh yeah, you're right. I think him and Torkelson mixed up. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a catcher, but same same rule applies though. It's still a less sought after uh, position. Um. Honestly, let's let me just scroll back really quick. There was some other ones. Here we go. Slabs Fox is a PSA nine top Chrome LeBron 04 a good cop. Yes, it falls in a thing. I think that dropped too quickly because people started to hear base a lot got graded, but I think it's a dope card. I think that it's a nice print run on that. Um women's soccer, good investment. Dave, yes or no? Uh yeah. I mean, you got Olympics coming up. There's a ton of attention just on national team soccer in general. Um, and their World Cup is in 2024, I think. Um, so yeah, you have some opportunities. Dave, this is going to be a yes or no, although I know you can take another hour to talk about this. Do you guys think there should be a federally regulated central body to govern the sports card hobby? There's a lot of ambiguity in the hobby in pr- terms to pricing, grading, I'm sure breaking, selling, everything. Just yes or no? Uh no, you're going to see that with the IRS. That's yeah. my guess. Um, here we go. Do you think Zion cards are overvalued right now compared to Embiid? His stuff was around the same. No, but I would wait till September, August to buy if you're holding for next year. Yep. Who do you think is the best investment for NFL this year? Give a, quarterback and give a quarterback and give a position player that you already talked about. All right. Uh, Brady, for reasons I touched on, and C.D. Lamb. For reasons he touched on. Yes. <laughs> Go back and watch. Uh, best soccer investment pickups in relation to the Euro. Um, Low-key, the fact you buy Romelu Lukaku 2015 select like blues for 30, 40 bucks, that makes no sense to me. So that's my choice. I don't own any. I, do, I did buy a base select at the card show in Oak Creek for a dollar. But I don't own any other Lukaku, so it's not like I'm trying to hype it up. I just am like, I don't get how. It doesn't make sense. He's a stud. Absolute stud. Uh, Dave, Prism Green, yes or no? Buy yes. or no? Yes, Love I agree. Green. Because it's the only retail parallel that's lasted since 2012. And I don't think enough people have wrapped their mind around that yet. And I think with time and education, I think it'll happen. Are you guys going to be at Dallas in July? Uh, I do not know this second, but I think potentially, Dave, will you be at Dallas in July? Nope, saving everything for the national. So that's that's where I'm at too. We don't know yet. Um, Aaron, thoughts on Musiala? Very good. I like him. I actually joined my first break in like a few years, which is funny because I'm here ripping breaks all the time. <laughs> but uh, I I like knowing what I'm getting, which is also funny because we do random team. <laughs> but um, I, I bought a Musiala spot because I just really like Musiala. I want to see the cards, and I, I actually hit his yellow mini diamond in four boxes, number two ninety nine rookie. So I like it. Um, do you think die, die cuts ever get hot? Yes or no? Uh, PSA 10s do. They're tough grades, super tough. 
It depends on the card, in my opinion. The new select die cuts, no. Older die cuts, yes. As long as they're good sets. Um, I actually think that's it, unless there was another question tossed in here at the very bottom. Uh, do you think soccer is still undervalued? Me, yes. I think it depends on what you're buying, but I think overall, yes. Like you got you. No matter what's undervalued, overvalued in the hobby, you have to be cognizant about what you're buying. It's just not the thing in general. I think that's the most important part. I'd agree. I think men's national team cards are undervalued. They'll go down and then have a nice jump next summer as people prep for World Cup in the fall. Uh, Rubicon is totally on you about where you <laughs> Send me a message on Instagram. We, we can chat. <laughs> At Dave's card 32. You heard him. Uh, why is Vlad not talked about enough on Sports Card Podcast? The guy's next level and will take over the MLB in the coming years. I know that Nate did a like 35, 40-minute podcast on Vlad Jr. alone. So I know at least on our podcast, he's talked about it a lot. Um, I don't know about other people's podcasts, but go look up Slab Socks Vlad Jr. or something. I'm sure you'll find the video. Nate, uh, Nate loves Vlad. Soccer stickers worth investing in? Not for me, but I can see why people buy them. I think that the modern ones, like 2018 and uh, till now, I think there's so many made. Like you can get tons of these things. And once the population starts to go up, I, I'm not a huge fan. But I like scarcity. I like cards. That's who I am. If you're willing to sell international and deal with selling on eBay internationally, then you have a market. If you're only selling in the U.S., like I only sell in the U.S., you can probably put it elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, Dave, when do you start selling football cards? Like if you have Kyler Murray, when are you selling? Um, hopefully I've bought a strategy where I've got doubles of everything. Sell one in August when things are good. And then if I believe in him, uh, sell during the season or after a 4TD game. But football's tough. You have to have your stuff listed or ending on Sundays and hope they have a good game. Do your homework and- because people forget about things during the week. Yeah, you you got to be like ready too. You can't be like, Oh, wait, do I have that card? Like, you got to know what you're doing. <laughs> yep. um, Global Sports Car Investor, thank you. Really appreciate that. It's uh, great to have Slab Stocks Pro up. And totally right. International stickers are huge. No doubt about it. They, you know, soccer cards started internationally and they were stickers and they're going to be here for a long time. Um, just for me, when it comes to the investment, I like scarcity. And stickers just don't do it for me unless they're rare, like vintage ones or, you know, high grade Mbappe stickers type of deal. Um, let's see here. Harry Giles long-term. I don't think I'm putting my money into Harry Giles at all. Dave? Yeah. <laughs> uh, with the direction PSA is taking and pricing, is the registry even relevant any longer for those hobbyists? I don't know enough about the registry, so why don't you comment? I think you probably do. Yeah, I, I think it is for the true collectors because the true collectors have been collecting for the last 20, 30, 40 years, and they will for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And they're building their set registry um, to be that super collector. Um you know, so do you earn like points? Do you earn points if you're ranking at the top for a certain set or what do you earn? Um, so I don't know a ton about it. A good person to go talk to would be Nolan at elite co three. He's got a Griffey registry and a Manny Ramirez registry puts out awesome videos. Um, but I think you get like plaques and stuff if you hit certain milestones and whatnot. Yeah. Cool recognition stuff. All right. Last one here. What do y'all think about two of cards? Went to show yesterday. Everyone was looking to buy his. I think people were very down on Tua at the end of last year. The Dolphins have added some weapons, both on offense and defense, but ultimately the Bills are winning that division. Um, and Tua has yet to prove that he can stay healthy. Um, and uh, I think he's a good buy, but I would not hold into the season. And then I would probably rebuy next year um, in February timeframe before free agency starts. 
Yeah, that's actually one of the biggest things about cards is like just as much as talent, like you gotta stay healthy, otherwise people don't want your cards. Right. Justin Bieber rookie, fire trash, trash. <laughs> I, I I'll admit. I, I tried to figure out where those came from and, and how to find them. And you can't find any sealed boxes anywhere on the internet unless you go to the dark web. So I, I think it was um, a Panini site or something or Panini product <laughs> or something like that. Um, very odd stuff. Dennis Rodman, best rebounder of all time. I was too young didn't watch him play. I saw the last dance. So I can't really comment myself. Dave, do you know? Shaq. Shaq. Yeah. There you go. I love him. Do we see a bump in uh, Mbappe cards if he has a great game tomorrow? I mean, I think so. I don't know how big of a bump. It depends on how rare your card is, too. And like I said, what moves the needle? What gets someone to hit a buy it now? Is it your card's rare enough? Or do you have to get that comp to move up in price to get people to buy it? I think you see a slow jump. And I think he needs a big game on a weekend with max eyes watching to see a, a large jump. Yep, I agree. Uh, thank you, Rob. Great show. And thanks for the section. Oh, you oh, you missed the section about the national? Well, just rewind it and then you can see it. All good. Um, top players to pick up on US men's national team. Obvious one, Christian Pulisic, captain. Um, Weston McKinney, I think, is is very nice. Then you got a slew of other players like Serginio Dest, like Brendan Aronson, who's gonna be coming off the bench, uh, Caden Clark, who in the future will be on that team. Um, and then there's like guys like Tyler Adams and um, you know, many others who I probably didn't. Josh Sargent's a striker. Stuff like that. Yeah, Sergeant, as a striker, you're getting goals. And it sounds like Adam is, is getting some Premier League interest at the moment. Yeah. So he may be a good buy now, sell it, wait for hype to die down, and rebuy. I heard about that too. I think that Adam stuff has really dropped a lot with him not playing in that uh, CONCACAF Nations League final. And um, also just with uh, sight out of mind right now. So if you can find some of yep. that Bundesliga tops Chrome like for cheap, why not? You know, see what happens. All right, we are going to shut her down with the last <laughs> thing from Serious Collector. Thanks for the insight. Great show. I'm happy to be a subscriber and follower of everything you do. Well, Serious, we are glad that you are serious, not only about collecting, but about slab stock. So thank you, everyone, so much for watching today's show. Dave, thank you for joining me. Follow Dave at Dave's Cards on Instagram, at Dave's Cards 32 on Instagram. Um, really appreciate your insight and your time today with Nate being absent. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Absolutely. Last thing is to go to slabstacks.com, hit the Slabstacks Pro tab, scroll down on the page and put in your emails. You will get an invite via email to join the website. Now it is live. It is active and we'd love to have you on board. All right. Thank you, Dave. See you, everyone. See ya.